Welcome to the Medics Money Podcast. My name is Dr. Tommy Perkins and I'm a GP. And my name is Dr. Ed Cantelo, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and a chartered tax advisor. And yes, you did hear that right. Not only is Ed a doctor, he's also a chartered accountant and a tax advisor. Medics Money empowers doctors and other professionals like you to make better financial decisions. As ever, this podcast is for entertainment only and does not represent any form of financial, legal or accounting advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. So this is the second part of our two episode Christmas special where we will be running down the top five most popular podcasts of all time. I hope that you had a good Christmas, mate. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. What's the time of the family? Very nice. Survived the Medics Money Christmas party? Yep, absolutely. Just about. We had a good Christmas with the family too. Santa delivered the goods. I mean, last year we had some Santa skepticism, bearing in mind that my eldest child is only seven. We had some Santa skepticism because we made a few errors or Santa made a few errors, should I say. So Elf on the Shelf, I don't know if you know about that. So it's kind of... Yeah, which is it as that? Yep. Santa stored him in our loft. He didn't return to the North Pole this year. And then halfway through the year, he was found in the loft. Ooh, that's bad. Prompted awkward questions. And also last year we went to see Santa and he had a very unconvincing beard that appeared to be stuck on and smelled of Lynx Africa, which I don't know for sure that Santa doesn't smell of Lynx Africa, but my instincts, you never know. So I hope that whoever is listening had a good Christmas with your family and that work wasn't too hectic. So should we just get into it? The top five episodes. I know that everyone's on tenterhooks to find out. So episode five was called earn while you sleep this is one of my personal favorite episodes because i love investing and it's been a large part of how i've managed to build up some wealth over the last 10 or 12 years the other thing that i love about this podcast so it just takes you through the basics of investing okay how to get started how to avoid get rich quick schemes and make the right decision but also we outlined a a robo advice service in this and so far Medics Money podcast listeners have invested over £100,000 in this robo-advice service. So that means that people have got started investing, making their money work for them, stop exchanging their time for money and get their money working for them. But I think it's 50 people. So doing quick maths in my head, that's £2,000 each. So not a massive amount of money. And I think that's why I love this episode, because it just helps you if you haven't got a massive amount of money, just how to get started. Like when I started, I was investing like 50, 100 pounds a month because that was all I could afford. So I love that so many people have got started with investing. Now, something that wasn't mentioned in this episode, right? But the thing that I have got the most phone calls from people that I went to med school with, who I haven't spoken to for ages, so it's great to catch up with, was something that we mentioned elsewhere, which was called a lifetime ISA. I suspect the reason why I'm getting so many phone calls about it is because we are of a certain age now. I think that's it. Likewise, I also quite a lot of people very uh, interested in this tip regarding uh, lifetime ISAs or ELISAs. And they are basically especially useful um, for anyone who is under the age of 40. If you're approaching 40, like a lot of our friends were at that time about two or, or have done, it's a really useful thing to set up before that happens. Okay. To clarify, ELISAs, which can be a, a cash ISA or a source of shares ISA, um, but they're available to anyone. 18 to 39. Okay, so 39 years and 364 days, you can set up a LISA. As soon as you reach 40, you, you can't do that. Okay, 
and they enable you to save up to £4,000 every tax year for the purpose of putting the money towards either your first home, as long as it's worth up to £140,000, or retirement once you reach age 60. And note that even if you do use that LISA to help purchase a home, it can also be used toward retirement as long as you keep saving it into the account, okay? So you can basically continue putting money into that LISA until the day before your 50th birthday. But even though you won't be able to contribute any additional money after the age of 50, you'll still earn interest or have investment growth, hopefully in that. And it comes with a great incentive too, because the government adds a 25% bonus on top of what you save, which means if you reach your maximum threshold of that £4,000, you could get an additional £1,000 each year for free. Plus, of course, any interest, etc., which is tax-free on whatever you save. If you are approaching 40, then definitely consider setting one of these up. At least it gives you the option to, to utilize this excellent bonus. If you go over the age of 40 without having set up a LISA, then unfortunately you kind of, you missed the boat really. And as I say, the LISA allowance is £4,000, which counts towards your overall ISA annual allowance of £20,000. And that still gives you £16,000, of course, to save across any other types of ISA in your saving portfolio. And then as I said before, you know, after your 60th birthday, you can then access the funds and do whatever you please with them. So bear in mind that if you try, if you do take any money out of the ISA before, before then, if you're not using it to buy your first house, then there will usually be a, a tax charge applied. But buy your first house of it or wait until after you're 60. But definitely, definitely worth setting one up before you turn 40, because otherwise you can't utilize those benefits. Definitely not financial advice. Obviously, do your own research, consult an expert. But yeah, I got so many phone calls about that. I think maybe because we are around the age of 40. I mean, I'm still under 40 and I'm enjoy gloating about it because yeah. you are 41 sadly how does it feel uh, well compared to someone who's 39 i feel old but yeah. uh, you know i think life begins at 40 that's what i think yeah but if and except if you haven't got a lifetime yeah. license yeah life begins at 40 but license end at 40 yeah okay so just have a look at that not financial advice etc etc episode four so we're getting near the top three here it's exciting Episode 50, I think it was just called Really Important Pensions Deadline Approaching. So this was a replay of a talk that I did with Rachel Hall, one of our specialist independent medical financial advisors to the British Association of Urological Surgeons, as far as I recall. We are getting so many speaking invites, which is amazing. And we do as many of them as we can. But one of the reasons that we started this podcast is because thanks to everybody sharing it with their friends, it allows us to reach a lot of people with the limited time that we have available because we're still both working in the NHS as clinicians and enjoying doing so. This episode is super important if you are a high earner and there is any chance that you could have an annual allowance pensions tax charge in the 1920 financial year. You've got to listen to this because the deadline, the deadline of deadlines is the 31st of March 2020. I've put a link in the show notes of this episode. You don't want to miss this boat, okay? Just have a look at that. Ask your accountant, ask your financial advisor. And if you're a GP like me and your or the NHS pensions aren't sure about what your pensions will be, tax will be that year, then you can just submit a claim for a nominal amount and adjust it later. So again, you need to ask an accountant or have a look at the guidance linked to here. So I've just submitted a claim for £10 and I'll amend it once uh, the numbers come through. The other thing why we've been banging on about this on our emails, on multiple podcasts, on social media is because... The 5,550 doctors are apparently missing out on this annual allowance compensation. And again, this is not financial advice, but 
compensation scheme is essentially the government paying your tax bill. So it's as close to free money as you can get. So it's a special form of scheme pays. I think generally you would support that if the government ever offers to pay your tax bill, Ed, it's uh, probably a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Very nice. If anyone offers to pay your tax bill, I'll, <laughs> yeah, pay you I'll have to any, any of us. <laughs> So if you are a senior doctor, uh, we also talk about basic pension hygiene that everyone needs to do in this episode. And again, we talk about salary sacrifice cars and the effect on the pension. So I can understand entirely why that episode is number four, because I think it's a really good summary. And it's also only like 25 minutes long. Yeah, well, definitely worth, worth for a listen to. Top three time. I was actually really surprised that this episode is in the top three, because episode 54 is called Should You Become a GP Partner? And it was just me chatting with one of our specialist medical accountants on what you need to do before you become a GP partner. And I think all doctors don't get enough financial education, which is why we started Medics Money. But GPs in particular can speak from experience. You know, they're not only clinicians, they're small or even medium sized business owners. If that business fails, the GPs are personally liable for that debt because they are in what's called an unlimited liability partnership. So as GPs, we don't get taught enough about this. So I was really, really pleased to see this episode up there and that so many people found it useful. Someone actually emailed me after this episode to say that they were an F2 and they listened to it. And after realizing how much business was involved in being a GP, it made them consider GP as a career. So I think we both enjoy the business aspects of being a GP. I love being a GP partner. Uh, it's a nice mix of clinical work and business work. I also like working for myself. So check that out. The other thing as well is that we are running a new to GP partnership course. In fact, that's what we've been doing this morning. This is a, a course where we teach new to GP partners everything that they need to know. And we've got 52 GP partners on our first cohort that started in October. It's going really, really well. And we are starting another cohort in February 2022. Last time I did this, the course had already sold out by the time the podcast went out, but hopefully that won't happen this time. So if you are interested, Go to medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash GP course and have a look at that. We'd love to help you to make most of your career as a GP. Matt, I don't know if you've got anything to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm currently a salary GP, but seriously considering a partner in the future, hopefully that's what's going to happen. I definitely like the idea of getting involved in the kind of business element side of things for obvious reasons, given my background. I was really glad as well that that, that uh, podcast was up there in the top three. Yeah, I was surprised actually. So that's the top three. Position number two, episode 12, A Beginner's Guide to the NHS Pension. Again, Rachel Hall in full flight, basically, demonstrating her knowledge, but in a really great way, because this was just a super simple explanation, which I know that so many people would not even know this because we're just not taught about it. So Rachel Hall just did a super simple explanation of how the NHS pension works. So we talked about defined benefit pension, like the NHS, versus a defined contribution. And if you're not sure what that means, definitely check the episode. We talk about what's now called the legacy uh, schemes. So that's the 1995 section, uh, the 2008 section, so legacy schemes, which basically still have final salary links. And then we talk about the 2015 section, which is what's called a career average revalued earnings way of doing it. So have a look at, listen to this episode. It's a great way to get started. It's really important to understand the pension. It's a massive part of our remuneration package, which I think often forgotten. I mean, it's delayed remuneration. Okay, you only get it when you retire, but I think it's really important. The other thing that I wanted to stress is that a lot of this podcast is dedicated to talking about problems with the pension. 
and that mainly affects higher earners because of the punitive pensions taxation. But, and again, this is not financial advice, do your own research. The pension is still an amazing deal, okay? I know, like, me and you, Ed, are both all in on the pension. Like, I just cannot foresee a way that I would leave the pension. This is just a great deal. I really worry about something, and that is that I worry that juniors are opting out of the pension for the wrong reasons. I, I, again, not financial advice, but I cannot think of a single reason for junior doctors to opt out of the pension. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's hard to convey what a great deal it is. Often people say, oh, it's not such a great deal. And then they show me some private pension numbers that outperforms the NHS. And you're like, oh, those numbers look convincing. And I saw this the other day. So it relied on a 14% annual investment return, which if you know anything about returns, that would be absolute gangbusters performance of pension and relied on the person dying at 68. Uh, Sometimes I see that people are planning to move abroad, right? But you can get it paid to you when you move abroad. So if you're going to leave as a junior, just stop and think twice. And I think the other thing is, Every time we have a specialist advisor on the podcast, at the end, I tend to ask them, the specialist advisor, you, you know, they could swap their private pension for my NHS pension, would they? And of course they would. So yeah, I think a lot of juniors are leaving and that kind of scares me. And also I get why you're leaving. Like I've been there with super tight cash flow, a massive student loan, literally the, the struggling to get by on the, on the money that you're paid. I totally understand that, but just understand that pension is a great deal for the vast majority of us and it's delayed remuneration and i say i can't really think of a reason why juniors would opt out and if you are a high earner listen to our other podcasts and do your own research and get advice if you need it number one spot are you gonna introduce the number one podcast because it is your podcast mate yeah so number one uh, podcast was the uh, 10 financial tips for doctors which proved to be obviously our most popular podcast and Included a lot. There's a lot of stuff in there. We had our top 10 tips and that covered a lot of ground from um, student loans to your tax code to making sure that everyone claims uh, tax rebates and so on. So there's a lot of detail in there. Not, I'm very glad to see it's uh, up there as our, our number one podcast. Um, but there was something in there as well that people seem to like quite a bit, which I thought I'd uh, we'll touch on again. Those of you who haven't listened to that podcast, and of course, if you haven't, please do go listen to it. But what people quite liked about that was actually randomly, I introduced a bit of tax trivia, which as you, some of you guys will know, I, I actually really love to, to introduce them into my podcast where I can. And in this episode, it was all about Jaffa Cakes. So there was a famous VAT legal case that decided whether Jaffa Cakes are cakes or biscuits. And you really may kind of wonder why anyone cares. But basically, biscuits are considered a luxury item. And if you're a luxury item, you have to apply VAT to your prices. And that means that at the current VAT rate, if you're selling a biscuit, you've got to add a 20% VAT element to it. So your prices go up by 20%, which has an impact on people buying them, uh, which reduces your sales. So not quite as good as if you are selling cakes, which are deemed to be a, a staple food for us all and are zero rated, which means for cakes, they have to apply a 0% VAT rate, and hence don't have to increase their prices. HMRC tried to argue that Jaffa Cakes resembled biscuits more than cakes. And McVitie's, the the manufacturers of Jaffa Cakes, actually uh, brought a a giant Jaffa Cake to court to demonstrate that it was very cake-like. And one of their bits of evidence was that it would go hard as it went stale. And eventually, after much debate, it was decided that Jaffa Cakes were indeed a cake, therefore zero rated for VAT, 
And so because of that court case, there is no 20% price increase for Jaffa Cakes as part of VAT. I just want to say that, you know, we aren't sponsored by Jaffa Cakes or McVitie's. We're not affiliated in any way to them. Just wanted to bring in some, some tax trivia, but uh, maybe you, you might want to celebrate for New Year's and get some Jaffa Cakes. I'd also like to say that this has got absolutely no relevance to anyone's personal finances at all. But it's been so popular, tax trivia. Like, we need more tax trivia, mate. Next episode, I need some. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, in that episode, were 10 super high impact financial tips for doctors, but uh, the Jaffa Cakes thing has just totally eclipsed all that, to be honest. Yeah. I love it. Also, like super geeky tax knowledge is so useful. As we talked about at the start of last episode, we recently bought some super tax efficient microphones and mixer to improve the sound quality for everyone. And that was because of your super geeky tax knowledge. So we love it. All right. So that rounds out the top 10 episodes. Hopefully you enjoyed them and there may be some learn something today. And once again, I hope that your Christmas was okay. I hope that Uncle Rota was kind to you. Thank you so much for the work that you do in the NHS every day. We're out there too. We know how hard it is right now, but all we can do is keep going. And we will look forward to seeing you next year for the next episode of our podcast. Yeah, see you next year. Thank you so much, guys. Take care.